Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Start playing with some jam in here. Let's go. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhard. Yes, it is. Welcome in. It's another edition of Orange and Backcheck coming off a fantastic win in the Wells Fargo Center for the Philadelphia Flyers. 6-1 to one against the Detroit Red Wings. Well, we hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday and Black Friday shopping. I'm Bill Kornfeld. As always, right sitting across from me in studio today is Scott Weinhardt. What's up, Bill? Hey, how's it going, Bill? Oh, my God. This week has been, <laughs> like, obviously... <laughs> If you're a listener for this podcast, you know we usually put out an episode on Tuesdays. Didn't have one this week because of my own personal gripes and issues that delayed me to be able to drive into the studio to meet up with Scott this week. So we're doing it today on a special Friday edition, Black Friday Friday edition. We'll have a, 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 I guess this is the episode this week. I don't even know anymore. Where are we at the schedule, Scott? Well, I mean, we. What day is it? it, it today it's Friday, Bill. Relax, relax. It's okay. I mean, listen. What a week. Let's, let's go in a little detail about what happened. I got a text from Bill about two o'clock in the afternoon on uh, on Monday saying, "Hey, are we ready to roll tonight? You ready to go? Yeah, man. I'll meet you down at the studio. It's great." About an hour later, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it tonight. Well, what happened? Oh. I just blew out two tires on my car. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I'm uh, making sure the guys are right. Like, hey, man. Like, hey, I'm yeah. here. I'm fine. Hey, exactly. He's here. He's fine. He's in good health. You know, I asked him if he had AAA. He said yes. I asked him if his insurance will also provide driving lessons. So these types of things don't happen in the future. But no, it, it's all good, man. Because you know what? The good thing is we got to sit here today. We got to watch a really good hockey game. Very good. And one that was actually cl- the score. It looked it was a lot closer than the score looked, especially going into the third. The Flyers opened it up in the third. Uh, but that first period and a half to two periods, that was kind of close call there. Yeah. Goaltending came through. Uh, but, you know, it's um, they're playing good hockey right now, man. There's really yeah. not a whole lot. There's a lot to be thankful for with this team this yeah. year so far. Last week before, obviously, we didn't because of my issues and my inability to drive, according to Scott. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, so we obviously didn't be able to recap on last week or two weeks ago, I guess it would be at this point, uh, mm-hmm. of their tough week against Florida, the bad loss against Calgary. Um, it was an interesting week, to say the least, because it felt like the all-time hockey of or the all-time Flyers hockey, I should specify, of they are losing to the good teams and they're also struggling against the fellow struggling teams in Calgary's and and you saw that a little bit today against Detroit. So it's like, okay, when is this turn that AV is supposed to get? And you start to saw that in the third 
And it kind of overshadows these bad losses that they have had against Florida, and you alluded to how they needed to really jump out and get these guys moving. You can't slow. Florida is one of the fastest teams in the NHL this year. If you get behind them, it's not an easy crawlback. And that's the problem. Florida's team, like I mentioned last time, you have to outscore, meaning that, yes, of course, we talked about the object of the game of hockey is to score goals. The point is with Florida, though, is that they're always going to score goals. You have to keep pace with them. If they score one, you've got to tie it up. If you get ahead, they're going to tie it up. That's just how they work. The problem with that Panthers game is that while the Flyers took the early lead, Florida came right back and got it back and, and tied the game. And then the Flyers' defense really started to show some signs of struggling. Carter Hart got yanked in the game. It wasn't his fault. That was not a game that you can blame on goaltending. The defense just did not help him out. I saw a lot of gaps. The defense really should have paid attention and make sure when Jonathan Huberdeau was on the ice and Alexander Barkov on the ice, we said that in the preview, that they had a combined 52 points at that point. Um, they both got goals in that game because they just did not keep them in check. So the thing is, is that that game got away from them early. They responded with a good win in Carolina. I really thought they played that game well. Again, a game that they were down in. They were down early in that game. Brian Elliott should have had the first two goals, just in my opinion, just mm-hmm. watching those. You get a good chunk of them, you got to keep them out or have your defense close enough by where you can. Um, the first two goals, but they battled back. They went up in the game. Carolina tied it tied it in the third, and the Flyers got the that, that ridiculous pass by Morgan Frost. Yes. where. We actually have that lined up for our chalk talk thing to show you exactly because that was all due to the forecheck, how he was able to do that. Yeah. Um, which we're going to break down for you, which we're going to release in the next couple days here. But that was a good win. That Calgary game, everybody's saying that's a game they should have won. While I agree with you, at the same time, that was a game that I don't think Calgary was trying to win. They weren't going to lose it, though, if that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they had been slumping up to that point. Calgary had lost a bunch of games up to that point. I believe they had lost like four or five in a row, even even after we did our preview. You know, they up to that game they had lost. Let's see, they lost six in a row. So to get that goal late, where the Flyers were up, their the game was tied in the third. Kevin Hayes scored off picking up the puck up off of um, a bad play by David Riddick, and then. In that third pit, that bounce, that bounce, that shot off the wall. So it just happens to be on the circle there. That's that they said it on the broadcast. That is a home team bounce. It's exactly what happens. You don't expect the boards to be live like that. But then they go on and lose in the shootout. The best two games that David Riddick has played this season is probably against the Flyers. Yeah, they really and, have. Been. And he's he's been spectacular. And I can tell you that David Riddick is good. He's average, but for some reason, he was just getting an arm across and seeing it hit his blocker when there was a wide-open net. There's one of those games where it's like, okay, well, Calgary's just not going to lose this game today. There's nothing more the Flyers can do to win that game. Calgary was just not going to lose it. But the good news is, is that the Flyers were able to respond a tight game against Vancouver, against Thatcher Demko. And let's be honest about Thatcher Demko. For people who don't know him, he will probably be the starter in Vancouver next season. Um Markstrom's going to be a free agent after this year. He's going to get a big-time contract. They've been waiting in the wings a long time for a kid named Thatcher Demko to come up. He's really a solid goaltender. He even played a really great game the other night. The Flyers eke it out. Oh, my God. Jake Voracek scored miraculously. Yeah, he that scored was the-, the game winner? Yeah. Like, I was surprised when I saw that. And then coming off and then um, 
having off a couple of days and going to Columbus and winning in Columbus in regulation for the first time since 2005, that's huge. That's huge. Now, it helps that Sergey Bobrovsky isn't there anymore, uh, but... Who, again, the, they lost to they, in Florida. They can't beat Bob. They, I, they can't beat Bob. And I'll tell you what, one of these days they're going to face him in the playoffs. That's 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 It's going to come down to that one of those times. Yeah. If, they ever, if they make the playoffs this season, I have a feeling they're going to have to go through Florida somehow. Yeah, because Florida's a good team. Florida is, good is a very team. good team. You saw that, uh, I think it was uh, Monday night, what Tuesday night, whatever it was, yeah. when the 5-2 loss. Like, how, we said it earlier how quick they play. If you face this team, you can't just sit on your heels and hope that you can score the one goal that you, they scored because they led the game. Mm-hmm. They, they they led the game in a one nothing lead, and it felt like, okay, we're good. And a team in, in the NHL in general, in today's NHL, you can't do that. you got to no. keep your feet moving. You can't be sitting on your heels night in, night out. Night, not... You can't be sitting on your heels after that first goal and then thinking... We've done our duty. We've done our due diligence, and next thing you know, you're down four one, and that's the end of the ma- that's the end of the game. And especially teams like the speed teams, like Carolina, they I don't know wh- how they've been able to turn the tide against them, but they've actually kept pace with Carolina and played very well against them. Carolina's yeah. got a very very good cycle game, and it's very hard to defend because it moves the defense out of position. A lot of coaches, what they try to do is they try to play it to the opposite side of the ice where the players are. Peter Laviolette's big style is that. Rod Brindamore, I see a lot of out of his team where they try to move the puck around to get open shots. Mm-hmm. Flyers do a really good job of shutting that down. Florida plays the same way. Their forecheck isn't the best where they're not going to grind you out along the, along, the, along the goal line, along the boards. They're not that type of physical team. But they cycle the puck well, and they get you off the rush. So some of their guys can just flat-out shoot. I believe it was the Barkov goal that just went top corner and just beat Carter Hart clean. And it's like nobody's going to stop that. But they find ways to get just that open ice, and they have just quick release of shots where they just can beat guys. And that's what makes them dangerous. So the Flyers really need to. Those teams, they've really struggled with that in the past. Florida's a team like that. Carolina's been a team like that. Um, Toronto can be a team like that. We'll see what happens after that whole situation this this week with Mike Babcock getting fired. Um that their playing style is probably going to change a little bit. The, the way they're constructed team-wise, they're more suited for more of a cycle game, moving the puck around. I bet Sheldon Keefe will probably install something like that now, a little more up-tempo. Keep an eye on that. The Flyers this season have had trouble with teams that play the cycle and, and, and beat you off the rush. Edmonton was a team that beat them off the rush. Yeah. So those re- there's teams that depend on the rush for that. The Flyers get caught. But the teams that try to grind games out, Vancouver is a team like that. Calgary is a team like that. Um, Montreal is a team like that. Those are the teams where they've had success against, believe it or not, even though they've lost to Calgary twice this year, they've played decently enough against them because they can stand up to a, a strong forecheck like that. Uh, we saw that again today a little bit against Detroit. Detroit's not a flashy team. They have to grind it out because, frankly, they don't have enough talent on the roster. Yeah, they're a bad hockey team. We talked they about are. how there's no one really scoring any more on that team compared to years past. Uh, just put it this way. Their goalie is mid-tier their best scorer in the NH- on that team. He has two points. <laughs> Bernier has two points on the Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings, and he's the 18th leading scorer on that team. That's all that needs to be said. 
on how bad this team is. So yeah, it's a good win. It's it's a good win because they jumped out so far ahead in that third period, especially because uh, they talked about it in the in the in the intermission uh, report uh, on NBC Sports uh, Philly the, the, to score a goal twenty seconds, I believe it was before the end of the inter- before the intermission. That's a backbreaker for mm-hmm. almost. 90% oh, of the yeah. teams, especially oh, yeah. when you're a team that is struggling, who's coming into this game on a seven-game losing streak, now an eight-game losing streak in Detroit. You give up, and then they scored two quick goals two minutes in uh, of the third period, and that was it. Like They had no chance. The worst things to have in hockey are, A, a two-goal lead. The second worst things are to give up a goal within the last minute of a period yeah. and the first minute of a period. Yeah. And the Flyers did that. They scored a goal within the last minute of a period, and then they came right back and scored within the first minute of the period with Kevin Hayes' goal today. So yep. that that really does have an effect on your team because you know, you've know you've worked for 19 minutes to really grind it out, whether you're up in the game, down in the game, and then have a team score that late. It just gives you enough of that juice going into the dressing room where those yeah. guys are coming out with more momentum into the next period, and that's hard exactly. to play against. Exactly. The momentum, like if you are one of those teams in Detroit who's struggling mightily against just anyone and everyone this season, when you are able to – and don't no, no mistake about this. The Flyers are a good hockey team. Mm-hmm. The talent is there. They are a playoff contending team. They're not a Stanley Cup. They're not a Stanley Cup contending team just yet. I'm not right. Like we talked about it earlier, that we don't want to call them that. Um, You're right. You don't want to put maybe, a label on it. They're not up in like, the league of like Tampa. Tampa's right. not even in the playoff. If you look at the, yeah, the standings, they they're are. not. They're not even the wild card right Tampa's now. Tampa's over. They're on, struggling because I love hockey reference because not only because of just how great that website is, but they give you the preseason odds. They keep them up there. Tampa Bay had a over under of a hundred and seven and a half points. Oh, people put money on them to win the and cup, you, and it's a bad you, bet. Yeah, and you know, like, but compared to the Flyers, who are already at thirty three points on this season, their over under is ninety and a half. I hope you took the over because they're gonna yeah. they're gonna strike that absolutely by mid March. Oh, if they do that, that's that's President's Trophy territory. I don't let's yeah. not put that much expectation that's on them. That's fair. But they need but, about 90, 95 points to get in the right. playoffs nowadays. The thing is, though, is that well, I don't want to hear talk about Stanley Cup contending team because we're only 25 games in the season. Teams that really start to show their true colors with that until later on in the year. Mm-hmm. You can have your preseason odds like Tampa. Everybody's saying, oh, Tampa's going back. Last year was a fluke. Well, it doesn't look like a fluke to me because they're not playing great hockey right now. Yeah. You know, some of the teams like the Islanders, oh, they were, they were a fluke last year. Well, the Islanders are a good hockey team. I don't know how if the Islanders can get through three rounds and into the final in the Eastern Conference. I don't yeah. know if they have the – the. really, it comes down to do they have the goaltending to do it. Simeon Varlamov has not played well in the playoffs. And if I'm not mistaken, he was benched last year for Philip Grubauer. So mm-hmm. – I mean, I don't know if exactly they're going to be that kind of team. So, I mean, I get your point, though. I think the Flyers, if they get in, if they get into the playoffs, way down the line, again, it's a super early, Yeah, they're going to be right in the thick of it where they could get on a run. It really depends on how the matchups work. The current playoff format does not really work in the favor because you get the harder matchups in the first they round. Punish you, they really do punish you. Like right now, as of our speaking today, right now, they are third in the Metropolitan, which is... I believe you face the one seed. No, no, you play the, the two, two seed. That you're in your That's division. right. I see. This is, but like, if you're a wild card, which is what probably like, if they end up third in their division, that mm-hmm. is they're playing with house money at that point. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, because, because you get a better matchup that right. way. But so I mean, they punish you if you are a wild card team because you're mm-hmm. playing at the end of the day. I I think Tampa will get out of this funk. I, I anticipate it, but yeah. Boston's probably going to be up there for possibly a one seed in in the Atlantic. Um, obviously Pittsburgh and Washington are going to duke it out for Metropolitan, maybe even the Islanders. But like those teams are tough to play against in the first round. It once that's why you saw so many upsets. Like in 2010, 2009, 2010 was the perfect example. The Flyers were the seventh seed that year after getting in in the, in the shootout against the Rangers, mm-hmm. and everything went their way. Mm-hmm. The, the, the eight seed beat the one seed. Flyers were obviously the seventh seed and beat the two seed. Every low seed won. You never see that anymore, it seems, in this current format because it's so tough. Past years in the playoffs, these one seed and eight seed, or excuse me, the one seed and two seeds would have a better chance at losing in the second round, third round, because of they would be tired and these these upsets would happen compared to year this year where it's like if you're a once if you're the one wild card or the two wild card you're probably not going to win the flyers are easily in this conversation of playoffs correct like these teams they are the best team in the NHL in the month of November 21 points how beautiful is that I think I wrote How that. beautiful. 22 that? points. I'm sorry. I read my notes wrong. <laughs> 22 points. They had 22, 21 points for the Dallas Stars going into today was leading the NHL. The Flyers are the best team in the NHL right now in the month of November. And people were talking about, and even myself, because I was talking about how it just felt like the same old Flyers beating the bad teams, even losing or struggling against the bad teams and then losing to the good teams. This is showing us that they are one of the best teams in the NHL. Why aren't people buying into this team, Scott? I don't know, Bill. I mean, the last time they really, outside of the Penguins, outside of the loss of the Penguins, October 29th, we talked. people talked about blowing the team up. Yeah. October 29th, they're ready to... They have the most points of any team in the NHL in the month of November. You're looking through here, they've only lost... Two in regulation. They lost to the Senators, which we called. We talked about that. We called yeah, that. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen. And by the way, I have to give you props because you called it with Morgan Frost getting his first I goal did. against uh, against the Panthers, Panthers, and he did. And you called that point. Bravo to you. But the point is, they only had two regulation losses this month. The entire month, they lost to Florida, and they lost to, to the Senators. Yeah. The rest of them, they were getting points out of it. And you see like people on our Facebook page saying, I'm sick and tired of them only getting one point. They should be getting two. Yeah. If you go back to last year, the year before, they weren't getting any. Yeah. So the point is that this team has improved. This team is winning games. They're not going many games or they're not getting points at all. The problem is you're not going to go and just go on these long win streaks or these long point streaks. You're going to drop yeah. games every those now ten, and then. Those 10-game win streaks are not are an anomaly yeah. more than a regularity. Exactly, and it shows so, you're hot too early. Yeah. If it's not happening near the playoffs, yep. you're hot way too early. So it's a lot of it's just good to see that the difference in this team. I mean, today alone, 12 different Flyers had a point. Mm-hmm. Against the and I, yes, you can, can. It's the Red Wings. Who cares? It's the Red Wings. Twelve points, or I'm sorry, twelve Flyers scoring one point in a, in a game is absolutely insane, and shows that not only was your top line producing, but you were rolling all four lines. Tyler Pitlick <laughs> is easily should be your favorite Flyer. Yes, if you are yes. a fan of. That old school Flyers mentality of 
hit you into the boards, complete your checks, and then get the puck on the forecheck and score a freaking goal. He grinds it out, but he also does it with speed. Yep. The guy never quits on the forecheck. I haven't seen a player like this on this team since Pierre Edward Belmar. Belmar used to do the same thing. Who's not that far removed. No. Do people just forget about him because it was Belmar? Yeah, and he was a bottom line guy. Also at a time where the Flyers didn't, frankly, play well. Yeah. Belmar, one of Belmar's best season was the 50th anniversary season where the Flyers didn't even make the playoffs. But Belmar, I remember going to a ton of games that season. Man, I love watching this guy play. Like, he just does not quit on any shift. He just grinds it out. He finishes his checks. And he gives 110%. And... Pitlick, you can see that. You can see that he's not the most skillful guy, but he never quits on the play, and it's fantastic. And going back to the game today, there were four flyers of multi-point games. There was Matt Niskanen, who had two points today. Scott Lawton had two points today. Sean Couturier had two points today. Guess who had three assists today? Jacob, I don't know his middle name, Voracek. Jacob? Does he have a middle name? He's European. Know. Sometimes I, I, Europeans don't have probably him. Probably something like makes too much money, Voracek. I'm gonna do I'm not this. gonna I'm not gonna go nuts over the fact that he had three assists today. Okay. He's gotten two goals in the last couple games. Okay, so five points in the last what? Four games? Okay. Maybe I should give him credit for that. But I mean, he's hot right now. We'll see what happens when he cools off. He does not have a middle name, but when you Google search Jacob middle, the middle the uh Google completion is finger. <laughs> Did he flip off somebody back in the I day? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, but uh, back to your point. But still, and and, and they benched um, they benched Phil Myers today. Yeah, which is kind of surprising me. But I know Shane had been out for Shane a, had been out for a while with yeah. three. I think it was three, two or three straight games of a healthy scratch, mm-hmm. which yep. has caused a lot of questions of what was happening with him. Um, uh, I mean, he's not. He hasn't Phillip, played all year. Philip Myers also did not have a good game. I think it was Florida. He had the six minute. Uh, he had a high stick and a double cross or a cross checking that that was the defense didn't have a good game as a whole yeah. against the Panthers yeah. and they they weren't ready for that speed as we talked about but Shane had Shane had a had a point that he had a goal today you know and the only players we, we looked at this afterwards it, it cracked me up when you look at it is that the players who didn't have points today of course Justin Braun I mean he's minus ten on the year but hey he he went up he he got he was plus one today. So yeah. he's down to minus ten now. Believe it or not, he's he's actually been a solid addition for the penalty kill. Five on five, minus ten really hurts you. But he's been a solid addition to that penalty kill, which is why the penalty kill is near the tops in the league. It's improved dramatically. Same mm-hmm. thing with Kevin Hayes. He's helped that out a lot too. Does it but, say to anything of the twelve flyers that had a point today, the three players that did not, excluding Carter Hart, obviously. Yeah. Is Travis Konechny, Claude Giroux, and Michael Raffle. Does uh, it concern you that two no, of those players? No. It doesn't concern not me. Not at all. Yeah. Because you're not going to get points every night. And there was a, there was, let's see, there was. It, well, there was, I should say, it there was doesn't. a bunch of them didn't have points tonight. It doesn't concern me that. Six of them. The players didn't have points tonight were Justin Braun, Morgan Frost. Right. Claude Giroux, Travis Konechny, Michael Raffle, and Travis Sandheim. I'm okay with I was that against at, the I was looking at only the forwards. No, and that, that you look at all of them. I'm okay with that, and here's yeah. why: is that this is a game where you needed your bottom line pairs to start scoring. You don't yeah. need your top line to come. I'm sorry. With all due respect to Detroit, they're not very good right now. They've had two consecutive streaks of eight losses so far this year, which is a clear sign of a team that just has no identity, nothing going for it, and it's just like 
Where's our draft pick going to be at the, well, in April? They have they have young talent, but their talent really hasn't come together so far. Um, you know, but besides all that, you know, it'd be nice, yes, if if Konechny or Drew had a point this game. But you don't need these guys to come through in games that are lower level in the standings. That's where you need your bottom pair of guys to come through because yep. in bigger games against tougher teams. Those bottom pairing guys aren't going to have your top, your top, your bottom six really aren't going to have the scoring chances they would in this type of game today. It's better matchups. So, I mean, if anything, and no, it doesn't concern me at all because Giroux had a goal, has had a couple goals this past week. I think he had one against, uh, he had one the other night against um, Columbus and he had one against Carolina this week and he's starting to put the puck in the net. Yep. Kateri has got eight goals, you know, so there's top line production there, but. You, you really don't need all of them from all these guys. They just you need, you need them to chip in with tonight. Your- tonight was a night where you just needed a guy. The guys that have been struggling, Kevin Hayes, JVR mm-hmm. had a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, like those guys need to start. And the perfect team, the the perfect way to get out of a funk like that is to beat the crap out of a sh- of a crappy team. Yeah. like the Detroit Red Wings. Exactly. Just like the Eagles are probably doing Sunday against the Dolphins. Exactly. It's, 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 sometimes you come across those games with their slump busters. Today was a game the Flyers had a slump, and they didn't. They didn't pull what they did against Ottawa and have a letdown game. They did yep. not do that. Like you know, they that Ottawa game we talked about it before. They last week they they didn't have. They just cooled off after that. Listen, the game today was tight towards the end of the second period. They they weren't playing great. Sean Couturier said, "Oh, we're not playing great hockey." I didn't see anything they were doing poorly. It was just that it was a competitive game. It yeah. was tight. It was tight until. The Flyers got that late goal in the second and the early goal in the third, and then they got pretty much back-to-back goals in the third, and it just opened things up after that, and that's what wound up happening. So they opened the floodgates early in the third where they can kind of just finish the game at that point, and Detroit had nothing left. So it's not it's not because... It's not because they, they had a game they actually finished, and then mm-hmm. Carter Hart came through and when they needed him to. You don't need your goaltender to shut down the other team every single night. You need your goaltender to make the timely saves at the time, which we finally saw Brian Elliott do against Columbus. Yeah. Finally. Got saved against Sonny Milano against Escape. I don't know how he got there, but he got there. That's all that matters. And that was actually a, another solid one that they had well the, the other night. Both so, goalies have been – I think everyone kind of anticipated – I mean, I put the Vesnia Trophy conversation in for Carter Hart. The fact that both these goalies are – I think Brian Elliott has like a 941 save percentage in the month of November. Carter Hart is a little bit less just because of the amount of pucks he sees, uh, the games he sees, stuff like that, but he's still over nine. Both these guys are just playing outstanding hockey when they're called upon almost night in, night out. And it's just nice to see because everyone talks about the Flyers' goalie carousel. There's not a carousel, there's still a carousel. But it's the carousel that should be rotating in the correct way. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I don't think that I don't think that Vigneault gave a bad start to either team this week. Uh, either, I'm sorry, I don't think Vigneault gave a bad start to either either goaltender this week. Mm-hmm. It was good for um, Carter Hart to play against a team like Vancouver. Now Vancouver has guys who can shoot, but they're not, they don't really put up sustained offense often. Flyers really did a good shot, a job limiting their shots. I think Carter Hart saw less than twenty shots the entire game. But that was good because he still kept his composure. Remember the game against Dallas earlier in the year? Yeah. We saw like 15 shots and gave up four goals. He just yeah. got ripped apart. He couldn't yeah, get in the rhythm. Awful. The same time, though, 
it was kind of the same thing against Vancouver the other night. He had to come up late in the game with one big save. He made it. But he even mentioned after the game, you know, I was kind of bored back there. There wasn't a whole lot to do, but he kept his focus. And I think it's something earlier in the season, like against Dallas, he didn't really do, but he's he's doing that. Then you throw in Brian Elliott against a team who could score against Columbus, who the Flyers have struggled against. And Mightily. They, exactly. And not only that, too, Columbus has pretty much owned Brian Elliott, you know, so... And they come through with a win like that, that. He's given them both the chance to say, hey, listen, one of these days I'm going to give you guys the keys to the car and you're going to drive it. Mm-hmm. No matter. And it's going to be he's the hot hand at the right time. But right now they're both playing very well. They're both being able to beat teams and keep the players into I'm sorry. They're both able to beat teams and be the winning goaltender against teams that are, are better, that are, that have better goaltenders and they're able to shut the door at the right time. Brian Allen's going to give up goals. He gives up goals earlier. He gives up some wacky ones. He, so he needs office angles, and he's not playing solid. I've said it all year long. When he's bad, he's bad. When he's good, he's not going to you know take he's home. He's not going to light the world on fire. Yeah, right. He's not going to win the Vesna or anything. But Brian Elliott knows how to shut the door. When he shuts the door, you're not getting anything by him. Yeah. So. You know, it's good to have a backup like that, too, a veteran who's been around and seen it, because a lot of what Elliott's going to do on the mental side of the game is really going to rub off on Carter Hart, and that's going to help him a lot as well. 100%. And so, it's going to go probably go into next week, or tomorrow night, yeah, right, against Montreal. Which will probably be Elliott's start. Yeah, Alex, I, it's an afternoon game. I'm sorry. So it's almost mm-hmm. a little less than a 24-hour rest for these guys, and they travel up to Montreal. I, I'd anticipate a loss right now. I, for, I don't know. But like, I, I don't I, know. Like, it's such a wacky. Like, these games always are wacky to me with how they back up. These back to back games are always wacky. They've had a. They finally started not playing in overtime. This entire week has not gone to overtime. They're on a three game win streak, five game point streak. This just screams to me. If I'm a betting man, which I am, and I'd like to lose a lot of money apparently <laughs> after this weekend, like, I would bet Montreal and then I would gladly lose that bet. Well,. Here's why. Montreal has lost six in a row. Okay, so another so, team that's struggling for the Flyers. That mm-hmm. This is exactly what they need in well, the sense of just bagging points early. Well, here's the thing, too. I believe Max Domi's out with an injury, too. So mm-hmm. one of their some of their players are out with injuries. They've had some injury problems. It really comes down to this. If you remember the last game against Montreal, what they did last week, or I'm sorry, the week before, um, it came down to being able to score against Carey Price. It really, that's what it comes down to. This could be a tight 2-1 game where they win or lose. I'll tell you what, with them coming off of winning, of the Flyers winning today, they've won their last two, last, I'm sorry, they've won their last three now. I could see this set up as a letdown game, but you don't want to anticipate that. If I were you, I'd bet on Montreal, bet yeah. the money line on it, mm-hmm. if it's there, because I, I guarantee you the Flyers are favored in that game. Yeah. I can't look it up now because it's not legal in Pennsylvania, but. Oh, yes, it is. What's, oh, well, not for the app I use, anyway. Oh, what app so, are you Yeah, every using? time I do it, I get we'll booted off, off air. Yeah, We'll but talk anyway. off air what you're doing. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I might have to move some things around. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, because I gamble myself with this stuff, too. And if you know how to do it right, you can you can win some money off of hockey. But the point is, like Bill's saying, it's actually not a bad idea if you bet the money line on them, because, on Montreal, because they have lost six in a row. The Flyers have won three in a row. It's a good setup for a letdown game, especially coming off the conditions with a back-to-back. The Flyers historically have struggled against Carrier Price in recent years, uh, putting multiple goals against them. So um, 
I, I, I would say, too, like, it's not that we want to see the Flyers lose, but it's setting up that way. Mm-hmm. At least if it's not in re- if it's not a regulation loss, probably a shootout loss or an overtime loss. Yeah. I mean, not to jinx the team. I'm going to knock on wood with it. But they have not lost. I believe they haven't lost a straight-up overtime game this year. Yeah. All their games have lost in a shootout. shootout. They have yeah. not lost in overtime this year. So, who knows? Maybe they'll lose, like... Three to two in overtime. Yeah, you're right. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at their schedule now. They have they only they've only won one game in regulation overtime, and that was against Montreal, as mm-hmm. you were saying. Yep. Uh, so it's like at some point something's got to give. Yep. Um, yeah. What else is? Oh, so then so after the Montreal game, they have a that which is in Montreal. They come right back for later in the week for a three game home stretch against Toronto, Arizona, and Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And then they go off. And it's the already road. been Toronto three times this year. They haven't played Tampa Bay yet this year. The schedule is always wacky. I think this is one of the issues that the NHL needs to figure out is the correct way to schedule these teams correctly. I think before the new year, I think you need to play at least each team once. It's. I think that would help. I think that would be very difficult. We have to think. You have to coordinate thirty different arenas, thirty different schedules, plane flights, all this. Well, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot that goes into. I think that they try to do is that some teams prefer to do it this way. They prefer to either get most of the travel out of the way early in the year, or rather than do it later in the year when the points count even more. So yeah, I think that's why you see a lot of these teams get their West Coast. Like they're already done with Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be done with the Avalanche, I believe. They play the Avalanche, the the Wild, and and then Winnipeg. So they're playing all that Midwest swing right there. So we go to Colorado, up north to Minnesota, and then that's up right. north to to, uh, to Manitoba. So um, they they'll have and that's that's their next road trip. And then really the only other road trip they have after this that's really out of the way is what they do every year at the end the of the West calendar Coast year swing. when Disney on Ice comes to the Wells Fargo Center. Yep. Uh, they have uh, that's when they go out to play San Jose, Anaheim, Los Angeles, Vegas, and Arizona, and then they go to Carolina before they come home. We'll end on this note because I'm sure there are people still listening that are still like, I don't know, Scott and Bill, I, I just don't want to buy this team right now. Going into today, before their win against Detroit, they were sitting at 31 points, paced for a 100 point season. Also, the first time that they would be at 100 points since 2011, 2012. This is why this team, we've said it last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, whenever the hell we recorded the last podcast, this team is fun, and don't forget about that. They are a fun hockey team that's going to be in it. They're going to have bad losses. Mm -hmm. Calgary is going to happen, that they should win, and then they just stumble and lose in a shootout. That doesn't take away from the fact that they were the best team in the month of November. 22 points is nothing to stick your nose at. No. They are going to be at mid to what mid ninety to a hundred. I almost said two hundred. Whoa, <laughs> two hundred point team. I don't even know Damn. how that's possible. <laughs> like this team is going to be very fun. They're going to be in the contention. You want them to be? They're probably going to land in a wild card spot. If they're the top three in the Metropolitan, they're playing with house money, and they'll probably play the Islanders. Maybe even the winner, or excuse me, the Pittsburgh. Washington, one of those teams will be the two seed because it's just how things land. Yep. This is a fun hockey team. We are 26 games in. 14, it's amazing, right? It's feels like it's been a lot longer. It feels like we are. Well, this is. I didn't. Even, I don't think I said the episode number in the intro. Episode this is episode eight. eight. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like we've watched 38,000 games mm-hmm. going into today, and we've only watched 26. Yeah, it's 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 been a lot of hockey so far because it's been so up and down, and. 
as you said, as I said a couple weeks ago, just enjoy it. Yep. Just just enjoy this. Like it's it's a ride that's out of your control, like on a roller coaster. You're gonna go up and you're gonna go down. But at, at the end of the day, you're gonna get off it and say, Wow, that was fun. I want to do it again. Yep. And, and you'll be right back here in October. Yeah, and that that's exactly what it's all about. It's fun. Like, but they're also twenty five games in. Now we're starting to see more of the consistency that we talked about a couple weeks ago. You'll you'll start to see more of you'll see, okay, they'll probably win three in a row or two out of three, and then yep. they might drop one. You know, yep. or you know, they they'll get points out of two, three out of four games, and then they'll go a game where they won't get one. So you're you're starting to see some of the consistencies that we've been missing from this team for a long time, where they don't go on a ten game win streak and then they lose four straight after that. Yep. You know they're they're actually playing consistent hockey, ebbs and flows. The games have been competitive. They've been a fun team to watch. Just enjoy it. Yep. Let's see what happens here. Let's see what happens here through the next month and with a schedule that. While it's going to be a, I wouldn't say a tough schedule, uh, but it's going to be a competitive schedule. Let's put it that way. There's play some teams who are bottom feeding. There's play some teams too who are also pretty tough to to play against. So um, there'll be it'll be it'll be a good month to watch. That's for yep. sure. So tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, excuse me, they have Montreal. Then on Tuesday they come back home for a nice three-game road trip, starting with Toronto, who is just in complete disarray right now with the firing map like Mike Babcock. Chalk Talk series. It is coming. Scott has showed me the initial uh, projections. It looks incredible. We'll have that in a couple days, hopefully. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and rate the pod five stars. It is a huge help. We are already climbing the charts of hockey podcasts. Couldn't believe when I saw it myself. Scott was absolutely floored that we were charting already. So that's all thanks to you people who rate, subscribe, share, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, all that good stuff. Send us an email if you have it, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You guys are awesome.